when he's talking about it is his footstool, it's not really that God sits in heaven and puts his leg on the ground. It's just that some part of his body is on earth. The part of his body that is on the earth is you and I. If we want God to heal people somewhere, we can move God because we are his footstool. a part of God's body all the parts of the body has to be effective if your part of the body is not effective you have made God to be paralyzed in Mos chapter 6 verse 1 let me read it for you to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came out of. They trust in the mountain of Samaria. I don't know if I can be able to say all the explanations that are there. But there are some places that are mountain of Samaria. That is God is no longer there. And what came out of there? Every house of Israel always come from a mountain of Samaria. And when you tell those kind of people walk in the church, they say, no, I belong to the mountain of Samaria. So because of that, I don't want to be involved here. Because whenever school closes, I go back to the mountain. Let me not go down on the explanation. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. Okay, 5 verse 4. When you vowest a vow unto God, make sure you fulfill your vow. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. Because it's better for you not to vow than to vow and you cannot fulfill it. Whenever you vow unto the Lord, make sure you pay your vow. For God does not have pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. All right. Many other Bible portions I would love you to read. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 talks about the body of Christ. And Jeremiah chapter 48, we'll read that one later. Verse 10 talks about doing the work of the Lord deceitfully. As you take your seat, I'll be talking to you on what I call parts of the body. <laughs> Tell somebody we'll be talking on parts of the body. All right. When you read Ephesians chapter 5, before you say I preach health science in church, when you read Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23, you hear the Bible describes the church as the body of Christ. The Bible describes the church as what? The body of Christ. I think there are about five portions of the Bible that describe the church as the body of Christ. Describes the church as the body of Christ. The body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And one thing about Christ which we have to understand is that Christ had one body when he was in the wall. And when he goeth back to the Father, when he ascended up, he said that he's coming back again. So he came back in the spirit form. When he came back in the spirit form, his establishment became the church and the units in the church becomes his bodies. That is the parts of his body. So all the parts of the body, that is all the units of the church, becomes very effective when they are working in order to exalt Christ. 
So now it becomes that whenever we come to church, we talk about the body of Jesus. We talk about the blood of Jesus. And there is something blood always reminds me of every time. I sat down in the car for some time, went to somewhere very far away. When I stood up, I could not put my leg on the ground again. And when I did my leg like this, I didn't feel anything. Have you felt something like that before? What is that thing called? Numbness. So when I did like this, I couldn't feel anything. My legs weren't. So the people around me told me I should just stand for a while. I asked them, what's the matter? They said, blood has not entered into that part of the body yet. When I stood up for a while, blood now circulated and entered that part. So I could now do what I wanted to do. Sometimes when the numbness gets into your hand, you can't even fold your hands like this. You can't fold in your hand like this. You can't. So when I grew up, the more I studied, I discovered that paralysis is actually blood not circulating to some parts of the body. So when there are some parts of the body that do not have blood circulated to that part, we say that that person is paralyzed. That one part of the body... Though it's still attached, but does not feel what the other part feels. Said to me that all of us are a part of his body. We are a part of the body connected to Jesus. All of us are parts of God's body. And we are connected to Christ by the blood of Jesus. This is going to shock you right now. So when we are connected to Christ by the blood of Jesus, no unit is lesser than another one. So the hand is very important and it may look like the most important, but the hand still can't do without the leg. And so the leg can feel that he's the most important, but the leg can't even walk without the nose. Without the nose breathing in oxygen, the leg doesn't have strength to walk. If the nose wants to feel that it's superior, can't even walk without the mouth. Because the mouth is even the one that eats the food for the nose to have what? The energy to even breathe. Have you ever become so hungry and you slept at night and you are not sure whether you're going to wake up in the morning? To even breathe becomes a hard task. Have you slept before and you are like into your hands, I commit my spirit. And you're surprised you wake up. So you see, the mouth becomes a very important part of the body. And if the mouth is also trying to be like, I am one of the best part of the body without me, you can have nothing. Then the ears will just close its ear and the mouth will talk and talk and enter that road and vehicle will just, will just smash the mouth. So now the ear become very important also. And there are some other important part of the body also that does not look very significant. One of it is the knee. The knee looks very, very insignificant. In fact, sometimes when they are writing functions of the body, you know, when they are listing parts of the body and their function, they will list part of the body and mention the knee. But when they talk about the functions of the knee, they forget it. They forget the functions of the knee. I mean, biology teachers, you people are listening to me. They forget the functions of the knee. They don't know that the knee is one of the parts of the body that connects us to God. It makes us to kneel. This is the knee. The knee make you humble. It makes a tall person look short. So when you use the knee, it makes you go down before God. 
God gave us the knee so that a tall person will still go down for him every time. That is why whenever God wants to talk about anything, he says that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. So a knee is a symbol of weakness. It's a symbol of weakness. That is to say that you cannot do all by yourself. Another function of the knee is that a knee shows us that you were joined. You are not absolute. You need something to stand. That is to say that you need another iron. There's a bone this way. There's a bone this way. The knee becomes that which binds the two together. So the knee reminds us that we are human beings and there is God this way. But there must be a point of encounter. Something that brings a human being down to God. Something must get you connected. And that can always be a stage of humility. You know what the Bible says? That we should humble ourselves before the Lord. And the other part was talking about, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. He's talking about kneeling down to pray. It's a sign where you go down, where you choose not to maintain your heights. You know, sometimes heights in life can be your money, can be your achievements, can be whatever thing that you have had in the past. But God gives you a need so that no matter how tall you are, you can always go down. It brings the body down. Alright, so there are many, many parts of the body and these are like units in the church. If the church is the body of Christ, which it is, it means all the units in the church is very, very effective in the hands of God. God wants to use the hand. He wants to use the leg. He wants to use the feet. Sometimes legs is very, very important, but the feet is even what makes a man stand. So sometimes people are crippled, not because they don't have legs, but they don't have feet. They don't have feet. So God also makes us to understand that our legs are very important. Our feet is that which be able to stick. So now, this is the shocking part about this message. If you are in the church and you are not in a unit, you have excluded yourself from being a part of God's body. You have excluded yourself from being a part of God's body. You have said, God, God, I know you're handsome. I know you're nice. But I don't want to be a part of your body. Now, I know somebody can want to ask me, what are the benefits of actually being in a unit in the church? What are really the benefits? What do I gain if I am in a unit? I need to pay attention to this. Every part of the body is connected by the blood. It is the blood that makes me know that something is wrong with my leg. Even when I'm facing this way. I'm facing this way. And an ant bites my leg. It is what makes me do like this. Like I was facing this way. How come I know? It's because biologists call it irritability. Ability for you to have senses in all parts of the body. So God didn't want to be a God that he can stay in heaven. And something happened to you and he's not away. So what he does is that he puts you in his body and circulate his blood. Oh, just, just, I just don't know how many people are understanding me. He fixes you in his body and circulate his blood. So that even when he is healing people in uh, Singapore and something happens to you, he feels the impacts. If he is in a case healing people and blessing people and you call him in your bedroom, he feels it and understands. That's why the Bible says that we do not have a high priest who do not feel our infirmity. 
So now, when you disconnect yourself from the body, it's your business if something happens to you. Because nothing connects to the one who owns the body. Sometimes people don't even understand that why God keeps you alive is because of the things you do for him. The man was talking to God. God told him, oh, you know, you are going to die. I wanted to prepare your grave and all of that. He told God, remember how I appear before your presence. People who appear before the presence are not Sunday, Sunday Christian. They are unit workers. They always have something on Monday. They always have something on Tuesday. They always have something on Wednesday. They have something on Thursday. See how I appear in your presence. So this one that you want me to lose my admission, check your list first. Look at how I appear in your presence. This one you want me to become sick and I die. Look at how I appear in your presence. This one that sickness wants to kill my parents. Watch how I appear in your presence. And the Bible says when God looked at how the guy appeared in his presence, he told the prophet, please go back, tell him that he still have more years to keep appearing in my presence. So it's the blood that unifies the body. It's the blood of Jesus that unifies the body. So God can fight for the back because the back is part of his body. God can fight for the hand. Because the hand is a part of the body. God can fight for the leg. Because the leg is part of the body. When you see a dog chase to bite somebody's leg. You see how the person is using every of his energy to fight the dog. Who wants to eat up the leg? Another thing I've learned is that sometimes when something wants to happen to one of your legs. You don't even think that you have two legs. You don't consider that you have two legs. At least somebody should say, when you are cutting me the nail, please be careless. Because after I have, I have 10 fingers. In fact, if I want to calculate the of the leg, I have 20. So you can be careless with anyone. Is there anybody that can say to somebody, you can be careless with anyone? I have 20 of it. So even though it's 20, every one of it becomes very, very important. So sometimes you can feel, oh, and we are so many in the church. Okay, God doesn't even see me. I'm not really important. We are so many. Refinance it. We are plenty of... All of us are very, very important. And God knows the number of us. He knows all our numbers. He knows us by name. Every of us have a vital role to play. When you stop being active in your unit, it affects God directly. He feels the impact of it. So we are the body of Christ. We are connected to the body. And the blood flows in from the throne of God down. And this is the only property that God has on earth. The Bible says that the heaven is what? Heaven is where the Lord stays. Earth is his footstool. When he's talking about earth is his footstool, it's not really that God sits in heaven and puts his leg on the ground. It's just that some part of his body is on earth. And the part of his body that is on the earth is you and I. So we are the one who can move God. Oh my God. If we want God to heal people somewhere, we can move God because we are his footstool. We can move him to that direction. We can move him to go and save somebody. We can move him to one direction. So let me just explain a few Bible portions that are in front of me. This other one says something. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 4. Ecclesiastes says something very important which I would love you to understand. It says, when you vow a vow unto the Lord. Because most of the time we get into troubles. And when we get into trouble, we start asking God, God, please have mercy on us because this trouble is so much. If you deliver me from this trouble, I'll save you all the days of my life. In fact, God, your church, I'll be lying down in your church. I'll be lying down in the church. Anything they want to do, let them use me and do. 
I'm told the church was doing a launching. They wanted to build their house. So they called people to donate money. And you know, it was this church that used your old church. The one I used Besan to receive money. So the child came in there to that place and entered into the Besan and stayed there. Pastor said, what's your problem? Get out of the Besan. He folded himself and stayed inside the Besan. People put money and put money and they say, what is your problem? He said, he does not have money. That's why he has donated himself. So whatever thing they want to use money and do, if they would have used money to pay people to carry the sticks, let them use him. He has sacrificed. So when you find things like that, the Bible says that people make vows like that in life when they are in tight corners, situations bad and situations that are very, very tough. Somebody looking for admission for years doesn't see admission, will now make a vow say, Lord, if you give me admission, I will save you. In fact, I'll sing in the choir. I'll form a one-man choir and I will sing. I will be the drummer and be a keyboardist at the same time. I'll play one-man music. But the moment God gives the person admission, he's telling God, God, you see, the problem is that our department, God, have you studied mechanical engineering before? You will not understand, Lord. You will not understand. So the Bible says, if you have vowed a vow unto the Lord, if you want to do something unto the Lord, if you dedicate yourself to do something unto the Lord, make sure you stick to it. Because God does not have pleasure in fools. So what does it mean by God doesn't have pleasure in fools? Anyone who makes a vow unto the Lord and does not fulfill the vow is called a fool before the Lord. I'm going to write a book on what it means to be a fool. Because there are very many things that means to be a fool. In the Bible... Somebody who makes a vow and doesn't fulfill a vow in the Bible is a fool. Somebody else who doesn't win a soul in the Bible also is described as a fool. Somebody who sees danger ahead. The Bible says, wise man sees danger ahead and take cover. But the one who goes in and falls inside is a fool. So there are definitions for fools. So you see that you are in grade 1, grade 2, grade 3, grade 4, grade 5. That's why I love the mother of Samuel. Her need was actually she doesn't have a child to send on Aaron. So anytime she sends the child of Penina. Penina mocks at her. So now she said, Lord, I need a child for myself. And she did not have a child. Lord, you have seen my mockery. Give me a child. So until one day when she came to the church and people were eating, he saw the people that were saving food in the house of the Lord. He saw the people that were walking in the house of the Lord. He saw the people that were doing something in the house of the Lord. And she started crying. He said, are these not people's children working for the Lord? God, if you give me a child, I'll give it back to you. I want my child to be here working for you. The Bible said her womb was actually locked by God. That day, God asked the angels, where is the key? He said, ah, you, we thought you locked it permanently. We threw away the key. God said, get me the key. They went and looked for a key. And unlocked the woman's womb. Put a child inside. And when the woman got a child, she said, Lord, though I know I have a need, a need of somebody to fetch me water, get me firewood, somebody to do anything for me, but I want your need to be settled. It's better for your need to be handled than for my needs to be handled. So I release this child for your needs. I know if I handle your needs, you will handle mine. I give the child out for your needs. Gave the child. Donated the child for the needs of God to be met. So that takes us back to the other part of the scripture Amos chapter 6 verse 1. Very powerful scripture. That's the last scripture we are looking at today. Amos 6 verse 1. So now if the mother now gives the child out, 
and said, from now on, go and walk in the house of the Lord. Stay in the house of the Lord. Give away my vow. But some mothers, after they have told God that, they get the child, and they say, God, you understand. Nobody. There's nobody. Penina's children are asking me, and where is Samuel? Is it not Samuel you're carrying to go and stay in church? What is Samuel after doing in church? Tell Samuel to come back and pray. The woman said, there's no problem. I'll still stay like a woman that does not have a child, as far as my child is somewhere working for the Lord. So in Amos chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, Woe to them that stay at ease in Zion. People who stay at ease in Zion. Zion is a place where God is celebrated. It's like the house of God. It's called Zion, where God is. So God says that, Woe to anybody who stays like that in Zion. No work, not doing anything for God. God's work is suffering, you are there. After church, people are packing the chairs, trying to arrange the chairs of God. You are not doing it. God says, hey. and later on you come and ask me for something. I've been the one keeping your family. I've been the one helping you. I've been the one delivering you from trouble. You want me to help you, bless you with food and bless you with goods and bless you with everything. But you don't arrange my things. You don't arrange anything that belongs to me. Don't worry. Don't worry. Check what I'm going to do to you. So there are people that their prayer points are not going to be answered. And the reason is because God's prayer point is not answered. Jesus is praying. God, touch the heart of. Mention somebody's name. God, touch the heart of fortunate to join the units and help in the decoration of things in the church. That is the prayer of God. Most of you don't even understand that God prays. How many of you know that God prays? When you read the Bible, you now hear, I pray thee. So, he said, touch her heart so that she can also join in the choir. No way. They prayed that God has prayed that prayer a long time. Prayed the prayer, prayed the prayer. Some of you, God has even called you. You see yourself preaching in the dream. Are you going to preach in the dream like this? Preach in the dream, preach in the dream. Come out and preach in the real life. No way. God has prayed you to preach the gospel. No way. The Bible says here. I'm showing you right now because it's like the curse is hovering. It's like, how many of you have seen this insect that goes around? If you relax and it settles on you, it stings you. The curse wants everybody to be up and doing in the house of God. Everybody's up and doing, up and doing. It's looking for somebody who's staying still. If you stay still, it just come around and, and bites you. I'm trying to explain Amos chapter 6 verse 1. Don't you have a Bible? Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Who don't do anything. Ever since they were brought to church, they have never brought anybody to church. They are at ease at Zion. They don't join any unit in church. They are at ease in Zion. People are even shouting hallelujah. Everybody shout hallelujah. Yeah. The people don't even shout hallelujah. They are at ease. They are singing for God. They are not. They are on the observation mode. The way they are even observing, you don't even know whether they came to look for a wife or something. They are just observing. observing. They are not involved. They are not saving God. They are not happy about what God is doing for them. They are just like that. They are on observation dimension. They are just Oh God. So the Bible says, remember that there's something that's flying. Looking for people who are staying at ease in Zion. People that are not doing anything in Zion. Who trust in the mountain of Samaria. 
Some of the mountain of Samaria is when I was in our village choir. We used to sing until our village head would prophesy. That is mountain of Samaria. An old thing that they used to do for God when they were small, small children. Do you know how we started Sunday school choir in our old church in the village 15 years ago? What about now? Have you clocked menopause to work for the Lord? Do you know when I used to sing special number? Me and my sister, we used to sing special number, going around saying special number, special number. Do you know? When I used to save God. When you hear somebody who said, when I used to save God, you have met somebody who is currently saving the devil. When I used to be committed in the things of God. When I used to. Pastor Nemesis said, he brought a man to come and talk to people in PGO. And the people said, I see the way you guys are saving God. I am so, I like it. When I used to save God. So now he's not bigger than saving God. God is not the one saving him, Charlie. <laughs> in the church here, people that are saving God, driving, using their bike, picking people, most of them are lecturers. Some of you, you are just running school politics because of that, you don't have time to work for God. There are people here that were president in the department that you are trying to have 1A. I mean 1A. You have been trying to have 1A. That prayer has not been answered since. Whatever thing you are, they are people that have done that and they are still saving God. Are you not aware that Osiba and Joy is still pastoring a church? There's an African country that the former general superintendent of Assemblies of God is the president currently. We have passed the age where where people used to outgrow working for God. They now grow big and now have baby. You won't have baby past God. You guys are trying. You guys are trying. When I used to save the Lord, you guys are trying. You are the one that was snapping picture. You're doing well. You're doing well. You guys are trying. You also. Which unit are you? You guys are trying. I like that refinance city. The way you guys are smart. Just smart, smart, smart. I like you guys. You guys are trying. You guys are trying. When I used to save the Lord, not near me when I used to save God. Now we've been there play football for our church. So, oh God, they don't give you retirement. So for us to be a part of God's body, all the parts of the body has to be effective. If your part of the body is not effective, you have made God to be paralyzed. If you are not working and this one is working, you have made that body of Christ to be paralyzed. That's why every hand must be on deck. And the last thing I want to tell you is that there are some things that are on the body. Need you to pay attention to this. There are some things that are on the body that are not connected to the blood. They are to be cut off anytime. They are to be trimmed sometime. Some things like the head, like the nails, they can be trimmed. When you trim them, the person who owns it feels so good. It does not feel the pain. It feels good. It feels more comfortable. It feels more comfortable. Most times people are like that in the church. They are covering up a lot of places, but there's no connection with the blood. There's no connection with the blood. So a mother was talking to one child and said that the child has not been brushing his mouth. Because he has not been brushing his mouth, some green algae has grown in his mouth. They decided to use a knife and check some place and now bring up some stuff. Bring out some things, bring out some things, bring out some things, bring out some things. And they said that those things are not part of the body at all. And so when I checked that, I discovered that there are some things in us that are not part of our body. That's why sometimes we get into the bathroom and wash ourselves over. Most people that are in the church also are not connected to the blood of Jesus. 
anytime you are in the church and you are not saved by the blood, you are not connected to the blood. If you are in the church, you are not saved by the blood. You don't have connection with Jesus. You are not connected to the blood. So that is why when rapture takes place, it's just going to be like God doing shaving, removing some things that are excesses in his life who are not connected to his blood, who are not ignited with his blood, who don't have relationship with his blood. The things that are just excesses, weights in his body. Even the Bible was the one who told us that we should put aside every weight. So there will be a time in life that God will visit the church and pull off the weights and bring the real thing. When you see people bring out yam, how many of you have planted yam before? Yam, you've planted yam before. Can I see your hand? Just very few. Have you seen somebody planted yam before? Okay, what about cassava? You've seen somebody plant cassava before? Or you planted cassava before? When you remove cassava from the ground, you see a lot of sand attached to the cassava. What the owner does is that he takes the knife and separates sand from cassava. He separates food from the west. If you are in the house of God and you are not connected to Jesus, you are not born again, you are among the west. You are not a food. You are not a food. You are not part of the body yet. You are an excess growth. There are sometimes people have growth in their body, abnormal. They go and cut it off. Growth in the body. You are just a growth in the body. You are not a part of the body. You are not useful to the body. So I don't know how many people are listening to me today. God says, I need everyone in my body to be connected to my blood. So I can be able to respond to their stimuli. If you are just in the church, no connection with Jesus. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You are not part of the body. You are just an excessist. Let's be upstanding, everybody. Close your eyes, everyone. So one day Jesus will come. The rapture is just like a harvest. One day the owner of the farm will come to harvest. Harvest the real food. And he will come with a knife. Because they don't take excesses to the house. Sometimes the sun is even bigger than the yam. Have to cough it out. Remove the excesses until the main stuff. The main stuff is what God is looking for. Not how big the size is. Many of us have become very big in size in church. But no relationship with Jesus. I wanted to close your eyes everybody. Big in size in the house of the Lord. No single connection. No single connection. There is nothing that binds you to the blood of Jesus. You are just big for nothing. Big for nothing. No connection with the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about people that if Jesus comes now, he cannot take them to heaven. If rapture takes place, that he won't take you. No matter how big you are, sometimes no matter your association with the food, the sun can be associated with the yam for a long time. But when the honor comes, he'll be able to separate the two. You pull them aside, remove the side, remove the side, and take the real food back. I want you to bow your heads, everybody. I give you this opportunity right now to pray. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to have connection with your blood. Connection with your blood. I want you to take control over my life. I want to have connection with your blood. I want to be related with you. I want to be your child. 
I want you to take control over my life. I want to be a useful tool in your house. I want to be found walking for you. I want to save you. I want to live for you. I want to give my best to you. I want to do what you want me to do. Just send your word and I'll obey. Do I have anybody talking to God right now? You just have one minute to talk to God right now, wherever you are. Say, Lord, I want to be a tool in your hands. I want to be a tool in your hands. I want to be an active tool in your hands. I want to be found walking in your house. I want to do my best to you. I want to give my best to you. I want to do what you want me to. I want to go wherever you say. Send your word and I will obey. I want to live like God's will. I want to save the Lord for real. Because you deserve all this and more. Close your eyes everybody. I want to pray for special people right now. Close your eyes everybody. I want to pray for two sets of people. Make sure your eyes is closed from the front to the back. Everyone close your eyes. I want to pray for two sets of people right now. One set of person. I want to pray for people who have not yet had relationship with Jesus. If you are here, you have not yet had relationship with the body of Christ. You are not yet connected to this part of the body. I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. I'm praying for you right now. Thank you for lifting up your hands to Jesus. I've seen your hands lifted up. I'm praying for you from this throne of grace. I'm praying for you right now. Thank you for lifting up your hands. The next set of people I want to pray for are people that wants to be a worker in the house of God. You want to walk in the house of the Lord. You want to be devoted. You want to walk. Lift up your left hand up. If you're belonging to the true part of it, I need you to lift up your two hands. I'm praying for you right now. Thank you for honoring me. Thank you for lifting up your hands. I'm praying for you right now. I'm praying for you right now. You want to save God. Walk in the house of the Lord. Become an active tool in the house of the Lord. Your left hand lifted up. If you want to give your life to Jesus and become a part of the body, I want you to lift up your right hand. I'm praying for you right now. Father, I pray for the hands lifted up. I pray right now for your grace. Lord, your mercy, your power, your grace to be shed abroad in their hearts, your love. Let it be made multiplied in their heart, Lord Jesus. I pray for every heart that is open to receive you. I pray that you make them a part of the body so that the devil will not scrape them off at the end of the day. I pray for the souls that have lifted up their hands to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that their sins are washed. I pray that zeal has come back to them. I pray that you unite them to your body in the name of Jesus. Those that are lifting up their left hand, I pray, Lord Jesus, you give them the zeal, give them the unction to work for you, and give them every gift they need to walk in the house of the Lord.